Creating great content takes time and effort, and this podcast could not exist in the long run without great partners. This season's sponsor is Catalog. Catalog is a work hub we use every day at Modern Leaders, and I also personally recommend it to my network. It's basically your own digital headquarters, helping you and your team making high-quality decisions quickly and asynchronously, reducing the number of meetings and eliminating the chaos of modern-day work. Whether you're the COO, a product manager, or a marketing executive in a remote or hybrid team, you can find what you need, see who's working on what, and get updates on where things are at, without the endless streams of emails and pings coming from everywhere. It's all on Catalog in context. Sign up now at catalogwithaq.com. That's Q-A-T-A-L-O-G.com for a free 30-day trial for you and your team. Welcome to the Remote First Podcast, produced by Modern Leaders. Every other Tuesday, listen in to hear from large or innovative companies enabling an equitable and distributed workplace experience. In so many workplaces today, there is this meeting mania, and it has become the norm right now with the rise of remote and hybrid work. Today, I am discussing with Stephanie Desmore, Managing Director of HP North America, about the strain that meeting mania puts on employees' schedules and why she's focused on enabling her team to get the most value out of their time and get rid of these unnecessary meetings. Welcome, Stephanie. Morning and good afternoon. Yeah, definitely my afternoon and your your morning. We are away from <laughs> many time zones. Awesome to have you, Stephanie. I'm so happy that you're joining and that you want to share everything that you've been working on about this, this whole meeting mania that uh, happened in your company and in many companies as well at the moment. It's, it's quite a big problem, uh, and another epidemic that we have to deal with. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, Daphne, I know we're talking about meeting mania and I know and I feel it in my own organization and with me personally, how we need to kind of change our mindset. But there is a silver lining, as with most things in life. And that silver lining is the fact that I believe you're based in Germany and I'm in Austin, Texas. And prior to, I would say, you know, the, the pandemic, the globe has gotten smaller in terms of the ability to connect and engage with folks around the world. And I just wanted to call that out, thinking that's one of the very silver linings that we have in this new hybrid work that we're living in, that the globe is smaller and we can connect from anywhere with anyone almost seamlessly, as long as you have that first 10 minutes of setup time, which I think is just remarkable. And definitely. And I think it's just in terms of expectations also now, it's more acceptable to just have a call with someone on the other side of the world and it's part of their work and it's normal. It's always been okay to make a call or something. It's not really part of like the core culture of work before, where now it's just more acceptable. It's really awesome that you come also. Can you give a bit more, you know, uh, just a, a bit of your workplace setup at HP, you know, the size of the company, like how is the workplace you start, you say hybrid, like what does remote first mean in your organization? Yeah, I, I love that question. In fact, I find that question fascinating because in my role at HP, I manage the North America market and I have the opportunity to speak to many different CIOs and key decision makers across you know, the, the landscape, whether it's enterprise customers, commercial, small, or medium-sized customers. And when you bring up the word hybrid, you get a different definition or a question mark with almost every different person I talk to. And so it is a fascinating time as we're talking about hybrid, 
and what it means to different companies. And in HP, you know, if I was just to simplify the definition for HP, it really means giving our employees the flexibility and the autonomy to manage their schedule as they need. So they can be, you know, as productive and optimize their time working and living because we believe life is is just one life and the lines of work and life have blurred more than ever as a result of the pandemic. And so hybrid to us is critical in terms of recruiting talent, in terms of retaining talent, and in terms of engaging talent. And that means flexibility and autonomy. I love it. You're saying all the keywords who make me happy. <laughs> like when I hear an organization that talk about, you know, how, you know, I think Darren Murphy is saying that it's not the future of work. It's like the future of living that we are part of. And it's just very, it's very exciting just to see like how work is evolving in the workplace and our day-to-day -day life. Like we spend so much time at work that it is part of our life. So it is the future of how, how we live our life. I love that. I totally agree too. The future of living. That's, I'm going to steal yeah. that one. <laughs> I just quote the Darren Murphy. <laughs> right. I will. I will. <laughs> um, anyways, it's great. To, it's a good person to follow that everybody has been following recently. But let's dive in that topic that, you know, um, we wanted to move on today because you found out. So at HP, I guess you made a study, but as we were talking earlier that you found out that there was like a 252% increase in weekly time spent in meetings for the average user of Teams since 2020. Yes. So yes. where does that come from? I want to know everything about where you <laughs> come from with that data. And then like, how do you think that happened as well? Yeah, it's a great question. Well, that particular study came from Microsoft. So Microsoft does an index and they reported that through their 2022 Work Trends Index. And basically, they're users of Teams. And, you know, we've reached out to lots of different resources to really understand, you know, what this meeting mania is and how it's impacting people around the world. Because, quite frankly, we felt it in our own company, right? Just that rise of meetings has skyrocketed. The burnout that everyone talks about in terms of the back-to-back -back meetings for hours and hours sitting in an office is quite frankly not healthy. And so we wanted to understand better what the data says about that. And then ultimately, what do we do about it in terms of our own employees? And what is the opportunity to help others with this data? And so, you know, if you look at some of those things, Microsoft also found out through that same index that there are, you know, just like you and I have a double booked meetings on the calendar, turns out there is a roughly 48% increase per person in that area where people were double booked on any given time during the day. And as you and I know, that's not manageable or sustainable as we, as we move forward. And quite frankly, I felt that as well. I felt that exhaustion, uh, the stress of the you know, double and even, even triple booked, and, and where do you find time to push a meeting when your day is already already full. So we started to look at some of the research and, and that's what we found. This is not unique to me and it's certainly mm -hmm. not unique to, to, to HP. It, it's happening in our world. And I think us as leaders have a responsibility to, to treat this as almost like a health issue, like a, a new version of a health and wellness challenge in terms of this hybrid environment that we live in. Mm. 
And can I just, uh, I think we didn't say that in the end, like how big is HP right now? It's quite yeah, a massive so HP, company. Yeah, yeah, we are a large company. We're north of 52,000 employees and we are around the world, right? So we are mm-hmm. located in almost every country in the world. And, you know, while remote working has is not new to HP, what is new to HP is 100% of employees working hybrid. And then those folks that do come back into the office as we, you know, roll into kind of a more normal environment, what does hybrid mean for those employees that do, or I should say, formally came into the office Monday through Friday? What does that look like for them now? And so on one hand, we have an advantage because we've had so many remote workers. In fact, I would tell you that 80% of my employees in my organization have always been remote which means they, mm. they work from their home office because I run a large sales force in North America. But the idea here of working in your home without visiting your customers or your partners or engaging with them face-to-face also had a massive impact of just you know being in your home office. So you're dealing with a lot of different complexity, I believe, in different organizations, regardless of how they're set up or how they were set up prior to the pandemic. Mm. I mean, it's it's really interesting to see like all these big companies transitioning also like it's great to know when you've been having that experience but then you know in the past two years there's a big evolution of the the workplace so when we come back to this so you are very passionate about the topic of you know the meeting culture like why are you so passionate about the fact that there's an increased emphasis on the meeting culture in companies I'm very passionate because I see the toll it has taken on my employees And personally, I have felt the impact in my own personal life. And I believe that we as leaders have not only an opportunity, but a responsibility to think about the health and well-being of our employees and to make sure that, you know, they are excited to go to work and make sure that they feel like they can, quite frankly, live and live in a way that they feel productive and they, and they are happy to be there. To me, it's very, very fascinating. If you look at, I believe it was Fortune did a kind of a survey of the 100 best companies to work for. I'm sure you're familiar with that. They do it, I believe, annually. And the, one of the stats that I found so interesting in that survey was that of all those 100 best companies to work for, 80% of the employees said that they felt very, they, they were, they came to work and they felt psychologically and emotionally healthy. And I love that stat because when you compare that to the rest of, call it U.S. employees, only half of the employees felt like their employers encouraged a work-life balance. So you compare that to the survey and you thought, I think every company should have a goal of trying to get the majority of their employees to feel you know, strong emotionally, psychologically, and physically, and then you get the best performance from your employees and you, you get the best engagement and you get that passion and interest and drive that we all want from our employees. So rather than thinking a bit about this as just a pure overload on meeting and exhaustion, you know, my challenge really is to flip it to say, this is actually a health and wellness challenge that I think we can add in that category which opens up a different way and a different mindset to look at it. So you're feeling like there's a big impact on on wellness for employees and this kind of part of your of your goal. So 
what steps did you take to help workers prioritize a bit their mental health uh, through that new like hybrid remote work experience that they've been having? Yeah, it's a great question. So I would say it, it's really, it's not just one area. I would classify it as three different things that I'm striving to do. And, and the first is really taking action internally, right, to, to shift the meeting mindset. So as a leader in my organization, my goal is to say to every leader and every person that is actually scheduling a meeting is to evaluate it and say, hey, why are we having this meeting? Is there a very clear, strong objective? Do we need to have a meeting to accomplish that objective? In fact, I will tell you this. The, um, I read a quote a couple of years ago, and it stays in my mind because I think it's so true many of the times. And the quote is, the only person that thinks this meeting is important is the person that scheduled it. And every time I schedule a meeting, that kind of filters in the back of my mind. But it's very true, right? So how do you start changing that mindset? You know, again, ask the employees to be intentional. If there's no objective, there's no attendance. What kind of prep work can we do? Can we pre-work, read? So during the meeting, we're not reading very basic information that we could have digested before the meeting. So then during the meeting, you're having very, very rich, deep conversations, and you're getting to the action and the objective of that meeting. So those are some of the things that I tried to do in terms of just, you know, shifting the mindset. Really asking mm -hmm. the question, putting it top of mind, going through what me and my executive assistant, Mary Kay, who, by the way, is amazing. We went through the calendar and we looked at all of the meetings and said, what can we remove? The, the meetings that just happen to be scheduled on a regular cadence, whether those were weekly, monthly, quarterly, are they still needed at that same cadence? Can we eliminate them or, or at least reduce them? So it's those kind of things that we started to take. So that's the first thing is that shift that mindset. And then the second thing is giving people permission to pause. We've heard about burnout. We've heard about exhaustion, you know, and curbing meetings, I believe, is a really tangible way that we can help get our teams to reengage and encourage autonomy in their job. And like we chatted about, I believe in finding the right mix of that work and life right? Not necessarily a balance, but how do we do it all together is the integration that makes the most sense. And in order to do that, it's really to give your employees the autonomy and flexibility that works for them. And some of my employees can work, you know, they do the best, like at the crack of dawn, right? Because of their life situation, they'll work from, you know, what, you know, 5am to 8am. And then at eight, they take a couple hour break because their kids were home and they needed to spend time with the kids and to get the breakfast. And then they could go back to work in the middle of the day, etc. And then others were more late night workers. But it's just giving that permission to say, hey, you have the flexibility, you have the autonomy to make it work for you. And then finally, it's giving people to just relax, right? So, you know, we did a pilot in my organization and we called it hiatus from the hustle. And what that meant is that that's a meeting free Friday for my team. And turns out other leaders in, the, in HP adopted similar initiatives once they saw the results from the team. And the idea here is to give employees time to reflect, right, to set tensions for the weeks and the months have had to be more strategic in their work, or even to get things done that they need to get in their home, right, to be able to be more productive at work. And the feedback that we got when we surveyed the employees was that more than 90% of those in the survey said that that hiatus from the hustle has helped them alleviate 
digital fatigue really help unplug, unwind, or spend time on personal goals. And so, you know, we, we thought this is great. We're going to continue to do that. And, uh, you know, and, and quite frankly, it has been so successful that we even have a no meeting zone on Fridays at any time after 3 p.m. local time, whatever 3 p.m. means to you, where there's no meetings, right? And, and so, again, allow yourself to get caught up on email, to get things, you know, aligned for your week, the, the next week. And, and it's, it's been hugely positive and highly successful. And the engagement from the team as a result of this has been overwhelming. Last thing is just what we talked about and really treating this meeting culture as a hybrid employee wellness issue. And, and so I can get into that in a minute, but I know you had a question, so I, I wanted to give time for you to ask. Well, there was three things that when I was thinking first was, what about trialing one week with no meetings at all? Zero for a week. And then see like how people are changing their setup. Second, this is more me like telling me, telling you my, my what I feel it would be cool to try. But then you said two things. You said you want to eliminate meeting and create more autonomy. So how are you doing this right now? Because if you eliminate loads of meetings, you know, people have been used culturally to do their work in a certain way by collaborating via meetings. But then if you reduce and you eliminate meetings, you have to give them new tools to be able to get their work done differently and learn how to work perhaps asynchronously and to be able to get their work done without having to do a face-to-face -face call all the time. Like, is there things that you've put in place already that were helping you become more autonomous and then also eliminate specific meetings? Like, would it change towards another workflow? Yeah, it actually does. And, and I love your idea of eliminating meetings for an entire week. I'd have to think about that but before implementing that, but that would be a, definitely a, a bold idea and a pilot to try. But to your other question, you know, this balance of autonomy and how you work and, and reducing or eliminating meetings. Listen, some meetings you have to have, right? Like for me, this, this what we're doing right now is a meeting on, on the books. And in order to be productive mm -hmm. and engage, I don't want to cancel this meeting, right? So there's some meetings that you have to have, but allowing employees to have the autonomy to understand and prioritize what's important to them, I believe is critical. A proof point in this is, you know, many companies became very internally focused during the pandemic, right? We had a lot of challenges, internal challenges, things like supply chain and, you know, all kinds of different issues that we didn't have before. So a lot of companies Their times were spent on internal meetings. I think when you think now where we've returned to a different level of normalcy, the idea here is to really drive the idea that you own your schedule and that you, rather than just continue with all these meetings that have been on your schedule that were relevant 18 months ago, might not be as important now. And so it's, it's the idea of calendar hygiene is kind of a new way to think about what we need to do as we shift into back to normal, number one. Number two is back to your processes and tools. Every company has that pace and that culture, right, of how they engage. Some people do white papers before a meeting and that, that's the pre-read. Some people don't any pre-read and just send out a PowerPoint. You go through the PowerPoint. 
I think it's setting up that right workflow of what the expectation is within your team and your organization to enable the most efficient and productive way to engage. And I think that's the beginning of it. But like I said in the beginning, right, the, the whole idea of hybrid work is challenging and there is a lot of things that we need to correct or fix. But we also find that there's a lot of benefit to it. Just like, like we said, you're in Germany, I'm in Austin, and we're able to have this opportunity. And so we actually took the lessons learned from that and really looked at, is there an opportunity to help all people with a better experience? So when they have the autonomy to create their schedules and they say, this meeting is critically important to me, how do I show up best? And we did a survey, right? And we realized that during virtual meetings, turns out people are judged. They're judged on their auto quality. They're judged on their video quality. You know, 63% believe clear audio matters more than ever before. So, you know, we took that to heart and said, hey, we believe there's an opportunity to help all people. And, you know, our company has actually made several acquisitions that have allowed us to do just that. We have just closed our acquisition of Poly, and we believe the combined organizations between Poly and HP will really enable a leading What's portfolio. Poly? Oh, Poly is an organization, a company that has been around and they have expertise in audio and visual and, you know, services and solutions. So not only do they create and design and manufacture, you know, audio equipment like mics and headphones and conference rooms and services for conference rooms for small offices, but also large offices and enterprise and boardrooms. And so, you know, the idea here is to enable all people to come across as clear and as, you know, from a video and audio perspective, the highest quality they can. No matter where they are, they would use, they would use it at home or in the office or related to that, actually, like how, what's the experience like for a hybrid meeting right now at HP? If you have like, I guess it's still really part of the culture people, you know, sometimes think the office is dead, but it's not like it's been there for like years and years and years, what happened is work evolved and now people are adjusting to be able to create an equitable work experience for all. So like, what does a meeting, a hybrid meeting looks like right now in at HP? Great question. Uh, and I think that leads to another challenge that we all have to address, which is, <laughs> you know, we, we talk a lot about DE&I, right? Diversity, equity, and inclusion. And we think about gender and ethnic I think now we need to also think about in-person and remote people in our organization and make sure that everybody has a voice, whether you're in a room, in a boardroom, in a conference room, or you're, you know, virtually attending and you're, you know, remote wherever you can be. And so to answer your question for HP, it's a mix of all of the above. What hybrid looks for us and what those meetings look for us are, it could be people dialing in from from their home offices and they're using some sort of application like Teams or Zoom, et cetera, or they're calling in now on, on phones because now people are, you know, planes, trains, and automobiles and, and flying to meet with customers and partners. And so you have people just with audio, you have people, you know, with video and audio from home offices or airports or hotel rooms. Then you have people 
on those same meetings in conference rooms, you know, in HP buildings all over the world. And so that's what it looks like today. And I think that's what it will continue to look like for, you know, the indefinite future of people calling in, dialing in and representing from anywhere, which on one hand is super exciting. And on the other hand, for leaders, it's making sure that we give all people the equality to give them a voice, whether they're there physically or virtually. Hmm. It's funny because the way you're explaining it, like the fact that it's like people are joining from voice or from their car. But to me, this is was like this even pre-pandemic, you know, like we had hybrid meetings. Now we use the word hybrid. But to me, this looks like what it was before. You know, we were like having an office. We had like maybe the mic in the middle uh, to hear everybody and, and whoever is like joining from somewhere else will kind of like tune in uh, to the call or better by video or audio. But there's always this kind of like office centric as the main experience and, and that's set up. So do you already see a bit of, um, I don't know, different experience depending on who is in the office and who is remote because ideally what i would tell companies was to how can you make the experience in office to be digital first so that the people who are in the office the way they are joining the meeting is quite similar to how people are joining it remotely yeah it's a good question and and yes i agree with you i think pre-pandemic there was a portion of people that did call in, right, in any given meeting, whether it's, it's virtually or, or via audio or however, to a meeting. However, the difference is, I believe, the scale, right, that the volume now is much more, it's everyone everywhere, right, is the first thing. And the second, the second thing that I think that the pandemic uh, allowed and enabled is the acceptance of virtual meetings, And so if there's a big escalation or a, you know, a, a challenge or a problem with a customer or partner from a pre-pandemic lens, it was not really acceptable to deal with that in a virtual meeting. Today, it's, hey, I'll come out and see you, but based on your schedule and mine, it might be three weeks, but I can jump on a call or a Zoom meeting in an hour if we want to just, you know, discuss mm -hmm. it that way. Mm -hmm. And that is much more acceptable today than it ever was before. But what I can tell you is that because of the scale of the diversity of how people are calling in, I think it's important that we have to think about the, your quote, for lack of a better word, invisible people in those meetings that can't seem to read the room because the majority of people are physically in the room or considered less their points of view or their comments are less valuable because they're not in the room. I think that's where we have to really focus on equity across uh, the landscape of, of hybrid and what that looks like. So what do you think you would want to change to create more equity there? I think there's a couple of really tactical things people can do. One thing is, especially when it's a large meeting, Sometimes you can't, I don't, I don't know if you've ever experienced that where you, you're trying to ask a question and, and, and people are talking over each other and it just, it's just very difficult when the majority of people are in physically in our same room and there's a few that are dialing in. Some things that we've done that has worked really well is we have a buddy system 
or if you are dialing in, you know, th- th- they pick a person and just say, hey, they can IM or DM um, their, quote, you know, buddy that's in the physical meeting room to say, hey, so-and-so has a question if they can't seem to, you know, figure out a way to, to, to navigate into the conversation or, you know, that person physically in the room can say, hey, this person, is, you know, has a comment or has a different point of view, et cetera. So it's the, it's the intentionality of making sure you're creating that equality across, across the meeting room. And the second thing that is critically important is the opportunity for, you know, just for, for technology to enable that equality, to ensure that we're all able to see the same things in a very clear and concise way. And so that if you're on a Zoom or a Teams meeting, it's very, very seamless for you in, in the room to see the same thing. You know, it's just a great story. I was running a, a meeting. I'm the chair of a boys and girls club here in Austin. And I was in a meeting room at the club and they didn't have the right technology to be able to have both in-person and remote for, for this board meeting. And it was very difficult for me to address the team on, on the Zoom call and the team in the room because of the way the boardroom was set up. And so mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of opportunity to where technology can solve some of those challenges. Hey everyone, I'm your host, Daphne Laforet, founder of Modern Leaders, a consulting collective enabling you to walk the talk and scale your company for the remote first future. Our team comes from over a decade of distributed team leadership experience, where we work with organizations from 25 to 5,000 employees. And I am so excited to have put together this podcast to share with you everything that we've been learning over the years. This is the Remote First Podcast. What usually I say to people who want to make hybrid meetings work better is think about it as like, like what is digital first in the experience? So if everybody has their laptop and are joining in the same Zoom link in the same room and that there's basically still all the little faces of everyone in the screen for those who are joining remotely, and everybody's muted. And then if you want to ask a question, you just unmute yourself to ask a question or you raise your hand in the tool. Like that's to me was like the easiest way to kind of try something where everybody is in the same office space or, or meeting room conference, you know, in a way that is digital. But then it makes me excited about something when I see these companies like Poly and those who are trying to, you know, take an opportunity there. Like I'm imagining like, if we do have offices that are you know, remote first, that are thinking that we have uh, people joining from anywhere, uh, we have branches all over the world, so there's always someone who's going to join in remotely and we want to make the experience as clean as possible. Imagine if you had like a conference room where like each desk has its own little webcam and like kind of like popping up of the seat and then a little like button and then you can just press the button when you want to like raise your hand, let's say, and then everybody can kind of like be heard kind of like, instead of having to be like, Hey, you know, can you say that I want to say something It's kind of like adding much more walls. But then if everybody actually has to press something to say, like, I have something to say, and then there's kind of an equality of the person who's facilitating the meeting to see, okay, this person wants to talk. Hey, it's your turn. It's your turn. You know, kind of, it's a very big skill to be able to facilitate a hybrid meeting. Like I know that's, something that is quite hard to do. So I'm always trying to find solutions. How can we make this much more fun for everyone and nobody feels like they have to 
climb over a few walls to be able to be heard, you know. I agree. I agree. It's all about experience and enabling that experience. And and yeah, I love your ideas. And and you know, it's fascinating. You and I are talking about hybrid in, you know, in in the ways we engage in in our, you know our corporate world. But it's it's again, but my example of running a meeting in a nonprofit facility, it was much more difficult and much more challenging. And the audio quality, quite frankly, was terrible. And the way the room was set up wasn't efficient to, to be able to address both people. So you think about the, the number of companies, whether it's for-profit, non-profit, et cetera, that don't have even some of the basics that you and I might take advantage of or take advantage of because it's just seamless to us. But there's, it's challenging for many, many people to do just that. And then for you, what you, your comment that you just made, it takes it to a whole nother level, right? To say, okay, how do we act? What's the opportunity to improve it even more than what it is today? Which I think it's exciting. In fact, it's already happening. Mm-hmm. You've probably seen the, the pods in airports now where they're, they're work pods and they're these, uh, uh, they're tiny little pods where you, you, know, you know, put your credit card in, you walk in and it's four conference calls and they're all set up for you to plop down and, and sit and, and ha- take a, take a meeting in the airport without having to find a, you know, a corner or, or, or go to the, you know, the premium lounge and it's still loud in there and you can't find a conference room. These little pods are solving real pain points and issues. And, and I think we're going to see a lot more of that in the future. I really hope so too. Before we wrap up the podcast today, I would love that because you said you want to talk about, you know, employee wellness and like how and that meeting culture has the impact it has on the employee wellness. So what kind of steps did HP take towards that? Uh, so like I said, we, we realized that this is an issue for our employees. And so we've tried a couple of things and, and some things are, I think, really, really exciting. And the feedback was, it was a surprise to employees, right? That we were so focused on their overall health and well-being. So what have we done? You know, earlier this year, we, we launched this program called 90 Days to a Better You. And this program is just all about empowering people with resources to manage their own well-being and have opportunities to connect with others. So, so what does that mean? We launched a Me Day. And this Me Day is a vacation day you can take anytime you'd like. And you just let your manager know, hey, I, I'm taking my Me Day, you know, on this day. And it's a full paid day off that employees were able to take to do whatever they wanted to do. And you know what was really fun with this me day and different all employee calls? Everyone sent pictures in, right, to what they did on their me day. And it was mm-hmm. so inspiring to see just the diversity of our organization of how people use their me day. A lot of people actually went, did things around health and wellness, went hiking, went surfing, went, you know, biking, went to the park, or some people spent time with family or, or organized their, you know, their home or their kitchen. It was just really fun to see all these um, incredible pictures of how people use the day and how they took the time to recharge. Another thing we did is we provided a one-time wellness allowance to give employees a way to invest in whatever resources or services that would help them most. So that allowance could cover a subscription to, you know, a health wellness program or a gym membership or a Peloton bike for your home or whatever that happened to be. 
basically gave them a one-time wellness allowance under this umbrella of a 90 days to a, to a better you. And then we, we, you know, we continue to look at different opportunities that we can provide our employees. So when we found a, a you know, a, a provided a free access to employees and their families to, to a program called Headspace, which is one of the most frequently downloaded mindfulness apps in the world. And, you know, and, and when we did that, nearly 14,000 employees have already accessed that app after we've, we've done that. So those are just a few things that we're trying. You know, we have figured it out here at HP, but our mission is to continue to focus on our employees and figure out how we can address the issues for them, but also solve these challenges from a business perspective in terms of enabling the best hybrid solution. And what I mean by that is whatever hybrid means to you as a company with solutions, services, and products. And that's awesome to see that, you know, you are retackling every single kind of pieces of work, you know, like employees wellness, okay, the meeting culture, we are trying to figure out how we can help people having less meetings, we can focus more on time for themselves. Also, you want to provide better tooling. So there's a lot to tackle, you know, in, in all this new worlds of work. So it's been really nice to hear from you and to hear, you know, what happened at HP. So thank you so much for joining, Stephanie. Yeah, thank you for having me, Daphne. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you for tuning in to Remote First. You can find all links and show notes in the episode description. And if you found value in this show, we'd love your rating on your listening app of choice. Thank you for being here. See you next time.